welcome to the Addison Reads audio blog. If you crave to raise children that love to read, to build a library of resources in your home to help you take purposeful action as a parent, and to connect with your children unlike ever before, welcome home. You have the power to be a purposeful parent. You just have to look to your bookshelf. My name is Sam, and I am your intentional kid-lit tour guide. Hello everyone! Okay, first and foremost, before we even start this episode, I have to give a little caveat in that I live in the South, and I record some of my episodes at night, and the bugs go crazy, as well as frogs. So if you hear anything in the background that sounds like a bug or a frog, it probably is, and if you really love what I'm talking about, I know that you will bear with me and just tune it out, um, maybe even embrace it. If you like the South and you like the bugs, not sure. I'm not one of those people, have not met one of those people, but maybe you are. I'm not sure. But anyway, that is just a little disclaimer here in the beginning that you might hear that in the background. Hopefully my microphone doesn't pick it up, but you never know. Okay, jumping in, we are talking today about solo parenting. Now this is something that has been on my heart for a while, and I'll talk all about my journey and our family's journey in solo parenting Um a little bit later in the episode, but I wanted to start off by saying I have solo parented essentially all of Addison's life, and it's been challenging. And we've done everything from like eight months to just a couple weeks to currently, right now, a two-month stretch. So we're going to talk all about what solo parenting is and how you can thrive during this season. And even if you're not a solo parent, I still encourage you to listen because there are moments when your spouse or your partner or your, you know, the other parent in your life um, might leave for even a couple days, and these tactics and techniques will still help you. Furthermore, you might know somebody that is solo parenting, and it might help you get a little bit of perspective on what they're dealing with and how you can support them. So without further ado, let's talk about the nine practical ways to thrive during seasons of solo parenting. So if you're here listening, um, you can probably relate to one of these things and one of these two scenarios. You are either planning for the fact that you're going to be solo parenting soon, or you're in the depths of solo parenting itself and you're searching for ways to thrive, not to simply survive. In either case, you are in the right place. You're listening to the right episode and you are in very good, very well-versed and experienced hands. So what do I mean by that? I have been a military significant other slash spouse for nearly 10 years now. My husband and I were dating when he joined the Marine Corps, and then we've been together ever since, so 10 years strong. And that means I know what it's like to be in a long-distance relationship, to spend more time away from my spouse than I do with him, and find myself questioning often, why the heck am I alone all the time? And the truth is, it was hard before we had a child, like really, really hard. Um, In college, we would spend all this time apart and he would deploy and we'd get together and go apart and get together and it was just this roller coaster of emotions. But the truth is, it was hard then and it is like crazy hard now. Now that we have a nearly three-year-old, time apart is astronomically more challenging, physically, emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. And we've done everything from a week or two of solo parenting, like I said before, to the full eight months apart, which we did through 2016 and 17. 
I have to tell you, solo parenting is not for the faint of heart. In fact, I think it takes brave and strong souls to do it. I also think that there is this mindset that we put ourselves in during these seasons of solo parenting that we just need to survive these seasons. And trust me, I've been there. I have been in the survival mode, thinking I just need to get through these next three months and then everything's going to be okay. It's going to be cupcakes and rainbows. My husband's going to be back. He can help me. I'm going to feel amazing. But guess what? There was just another season of solo parenting around the corner that came and then another one and another one. And I found myself living in a space of looking forward so much that I forgot to thrive in my current season. So, you know, we'd spend another week apart and I'd just be like, oh, we just have to get past this next week. And then what, you know, what am I doing during that first week? Nothing. So believe it or not, I am solo parenting right now. As I tell you guys this um, episode, my husband's gone. I am right in the midst of it. I think we are just hitting past the halfway mark and it's hard. It doesn't necessarily ever get easier, but I have implemented these techniques I'm going to talk about in this episode and it's made it better and made me feel better being in the season and I'm actually happy That's really, really important. I'm happy and my happiness radiates into my daughter. So as another kind of disclaimer, this episode's probably going to be kind of long because I have tons and tons of ideas for you guys. Um, When I wrote this blog post out, it was 3,500 words and I wrote it in not that much time because I have just experienced this so much that I have so much almost like wisdom and information to share and help you with. So Okay, so now you know a little bit about my story, and don't worry, we're going to get more into everything um, in this episode, but let's talk a little bit about the practical ways, but also, what the heck is solo parenting? So let's define it a little bit. Solo parenting is when both parents are typically actively involved in the child's life or the children's lives, but for for whatever reason, they're absent for a given period of time. So the parent that has been left behind, so to speak, with the children, that person is the solo parent. So you may be solo parenting if your spouse has a job that calls them to be gone for multiple days or weeks or months at a time, and you are the sole parent responsible in the home during that time. So that's that's the category I fall into. My husband is in the Marine Corps, and he'll leave for a given amount of time, and I am the solo parent at that time. Another way you might be a solo parent is if the other parent, who again is still actively involved in the parenting dynamic, is not staying at the home or with your children with you at the home. Also, maybe you're on vacation without the other parent present, but let's be real. Is that really a vacation? (laughs) Because solo parenting is really hard and it's not necessarily relaxing. So let's just say you're on a trip and the other parent isn't present. So the key difference I want to make in this episode is between a solo parent and a single parent. Um, Both parents are still present in the child's life in the case of a solo parent. They have an equal say in the child in the child rearing more or less um, depending on your family's dynamic and one parent is just temporarily out of the picture. Single parenting and solo parenting have their own set of unique challenges and I can't at all speak to single parenting so that's not something we're going to discuss here although I do think that some of these tactics can be applied to single parents as well. Now let's quickly talk before we get into the practical things about why solo parenting is so dang hard in the first place and why it's even worth mentioning ways to thrive instead of survive. So there are so many reasons solo parenting sucks. They all come back to one main issue. You are doing it alone. Your spouse or the other parent isn't there to hand things off to when you're losing your mind. 
Yet at the same time, the other parent still gets a say despite not being there. And it's a hard balance. On the one hand, you're physically there in the thick of it, right? You're, you're there, you're present, and it's happening in your current life. And it takes every ounce of strength not to, the, not to tell the other parent, well, if you were just here, and yet most of the time they can't be. So you're doing it alone. Your kids are all crazy because the other parent isn't around and their moods are all off. And most days you're just trying to get them through to bedtime and just breathe. But let's talk right now about the practical ways, even with all of these hardships, how can we make these solo parenting seasons glorious and something that we embrace instead of just endure? Okay, so we're going to hop into the nine practical ways to thrive during seasons of solo parenting. Practical way number one, mindset and perspective shift. I put this way to thrive during seasons of solo parenting first because frankly, this is at the core of all the other methods. If you have a negative perspective about solo parenting, I guarantee, I 100% guarantee none of my techniques or tips will help you thrive. You have to accept your current season. You have to accept that you are in a season of solo parenting. I have a spiritual mentor, uh, Antrice Rowe. She is a coach for Christians. And she she reminded me recently that during these times of solo parenting, I have the choice, I have a choice here, to either have the mindset to survive or to thrive. I can choose to wake up every single day and wallow in the sadness that is loneliness. I can choose to allow myself to crumble when my daughter throws her 15th tantrum. I can choose to call my husband and say, you should be here, which I have done before. Or I can choose to look at this as a gift. I can choose to believe that I have been uniquely gifted the skills to be married to a United States Marine who loves his country and has been called to service. I can choose to believe that, hell, maybe I was made for this. That I was made to support my spouse. That I was called to serve my daughter as her primary parent multiple times a year so that we can connect. I have a choice to show my daughter that I am strong and powerful and an amazing parent and show her what it is like to give my whole heart and whole effort every day, even when it's hard and even when I'm alone. So yes, it is all about perspective and mindset. You can't start thriving if you haven't really accepted and embraced where you are in life and your current situation, realizing that this is how it is and you just have to accept it if you're going to thrive. Okay, so that's that's kind of big, right? That's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of just sitting down with yourself and realizing like, hey, hey self, how you doing? Listen, this is where we are. We are in a season of solo parenting and we have a choice and we're going to choose to wake up every day and feel positive and look at the glass half full and all of those amazing positive mantras we can tell ourselves so that we can really fix our minds and start thriving. Okay, so something less meta is planning activities. So this is number two, planning activities and fun things ahead of time. So for me personally, weekends are the hardest. During the week, my daughter goes to preschool. We're going to talk a little bit more about that for point number four. Um, And when she goes to preschool, I work. So weekdays are still different, of course, without my husband home. But honestly, it's something that we can manage. No big deal. Um, The weekends, though, Those are just like this huge 48-hour stretch of time where I know I need to be on my game when I'm solo parenting. Because remember, guys, this is not just solo parenting for anyone. This is solo parenting for intentional people. This is solo parenting for people that are building intentional bookshelves, are intentional parents, 
that kind of solo parent. Okay, so nothing is worse than waking up on a Saturday morning with not even a sliver of a clue about what you'll do that day, especially when you're solo parenting because you know that means you're going to do it alone and you are unprepared. Now, I don't think you need to plan out every minute of every hour, but having a general idea of the big things you might do that day will help give the day some structure. And honestly, we need structure when we solo parent because it's easy to let the day get lost to cartoons or... six episodes of Project Runway with no one holding you accountable. The structure and plan is good for you and for the kids. With planned activities, you have something to let the little ones get excited about. And if they're missing their other parent, it's a good way to keep them distracted and positive. I do this with my daughter constantly. To kind of get through the week or even the weekend, I'll tell her the day before or a couple days before, hey, we're going to go do this thing. And she gets all excited. She's ready for bed. She behaves better because she has something to look forward to. And it's not to say that I like hold it over her head, but I remind her of all the good things we're going to get to go do. So it brings about an excitement and kind of breaks the time up a little bit for them. You know, they're not just looking forward to mom or dad coming home they have all these little incremental things to look forward to throughout the the time apart so some big ticket activities I like to do with my daughter ones that take either a few hours of the day they get us out of the house or they're just plain fun include going to the park going on a walk or a bike ride going to the outlet mall grabbing a pretzel and walking around going to the beach playing a board game, getting out art supplies, and doing a project together. By the way, if you're lacking creativity in the art department, grab a book and let your kids create the characters of the book with scissors and glue. Super easy, and that will take up like an hour or two of time. Go to an indoor playground, take a weekend trip, and visit family and friends, even if they're a few hours away. Have a family movie night. These are all things that you can do that are exciting for everybody. And of course, you can do these even when your um, other parent is around. But this will kind of get get your wheels turning for things that you can do to get everybody in the house excited instead of just wallowing around waiting for your other parent to come home. Because the truth is, then we're just like out of our routines. And if it's just for a couple days, I guess that's okay. But if it's for a couple months, like you want to, you have to get into this new state of mind of this is the season we're in. We have to choose to thrive. So again, it all goes back to that mindset. Okay, let's jump into number three. This is one of my favorites, utilizing your books and resources to help your help you parent. Okay. I have 0% doubt that during your season of solo parenting, there will be hard I- there will be hard issues that come up with your children. I know that that's going to happen. Depending on the age, this could be anywhere from potty training or hitting or disrespect, friend problems, separation anxiety about the absent parent, and so on. Now, I believe we should not parent alone. I believe even when we don't have our partner to help us, we have the power of literature at our disposal at all times. Our intentional bookshelf is there for the good times and for the bad, for us to lean on when we have nothing to give. And by the way, if you don't know what an intentional bookshelf is, go listen to episode six of this audio blog and you will find out all about what it is and why you need one. So for whatever reason, our children sometimes listen to anyone but us. We can tell our kids 15 times not to do something, but when that one stranger mentions it or a teacher at school brings it up, they listen. Books are that third party that can reinforce something you might not be able to get through to your child with. Now, when you're solo parenting and you're on your own, that third party can become really, really helpful. 
So connect with your kids, your books, choose books from your, um, your main library at home or, you know, your library out and about that will help them while their parent is gone, which by the way, in this blog post, and you can get to it by going to addisonreads.com slash episode seven, there is a free printable download, which I'll tell you guys about at the end, um, that has 10 children's books that will help you solo parent and help you through this season of solo parenting. So choose books that will teach them kindness and understanding so that they will have empathy for you as a parent. Find books that have um, topics of missing people or separation anxiety, things like that. Again, I've provided a resource for you guys, but if you still want to go out and do your own research, that's what I would look for. Basically use this as an opportunity to get in touch with your kids and their emotional needs. Okay, number four, practical way to help you thrive during solo parenting is to hire a babysitter so you can take a stinking break. Now, my daughter goes to school um, Monday through Friday, like I mentioned, so I have a consistent quote-unquote babysitter where I get time alone, but most of that time is spent working because I work from home. However, on the days when I can, I take off early and I just do something for me. Sometimes doing something for me means running errands baby free. Uh, For example, when I'm solo parenting, I do all of my grocery shopping and high priority errand running on Monday. That's because I know my daughter and I will both be happier if I don't have to lug her around the grocery store. And that is so true. So, so, so true. I have noticed that my happiness dramatically increases when I just make my life easier by doing that high priority errand running when I don't have her with me. Um, Because then I can just focus and she's not saying, mommy, mommy, mommy. And she's not bored out of her mind walking around the grocery store. So there you go. Um, And other times, so that's errand running, but other times uh, taking this time for myself really means taking a self-care day, whether you go get your hair done or you watch a movie or you have coffee with a friend or you go bowling, whatever you want to do. You need time away from your children. And when you're solo solo parenting, this is probably more important than ever. That space that you normally can't anticipate when your partner is around um, and and they're available to help take the load off, honestly, it's just not there when you're solo parenting. So don't wait to take a break and and don't wait until you're breaking to take a break. Don't wait until you're so tired and accidentally put a a laundry pack in the dishwasher and have bubbles all over the floor, which is something I did to ask for help as a solo parent. I was so tired. I was trying to do everything on my own. And yes, I seriously put a laundry pack in the dishwasher and I was crying on the kitchen floor thinking to myself, wow, I'm doing a really terrible job. I can't even manage to do the dishes right. So be proactive and take care of yourself and learn from my lesson. You cannot be a good solo parent if you're only at 50%. Just remember that. When you feel guilty, remember you can't do your best job if you're only at 50% yourself. Okay, number five. Embrace your local and virtual tribes. Okay, introverts and naysayers, stop shaking your head right now because I know you are. I know what you're thinking. I don't want to. I don't want to do this and tell people about it. I just want to do it on my own. But let me tell you, you can't. You can't thrive like that. I'm an introvert through and through, so don't give me those excuses. I need my alone time. I love being by myself, but I still need some adult interaction from time to time. I also work from home, so I hardly ever speak to adults in real life in person. And let me tell you, you don't need a million people in your corner while you're solo parenting, but of course, if that's what you want, then find it. But you do need at least one solid person you can rely on. What are you supposed to do if there's an emergency or you just need some help? It's not only a way to thrive mentally and emotionally, it's just plain smart. Now, 
Here's the caveat, and this is why I said virtual tribes as well. If your family is like ours, we move around a lot as a military family, so often we will be transplanted to a new home, and then my husband has to leave for an extended period of time. Go figure. <laughs> like two weeks later. When that happens, I know uh, no one of my local area, or it's slim to none. And that's where having a virtual tribe will help you too. We have so many ways to stay connected to people, so there's no excuse no excuse in not getting on the phone and getting help, getting help through messaging or FaceTime from friends and family that love you. Listen to me when I say this. Ditch your pride and call a friend to cry or to talk to. There are going to be hard moments and you cannot bottle it up inside. Lesson learned. Trust me, I tried. My husband was like, you're insane trying to do this like that. Don't. Take again. Learn from my mistakes. Okay, moving right along here. Number six, and this one is hard, which is why I'm kind of gritting my teeth when I read this. Involve the other parent when you can. Now, before we get too far into this tip, I have to address the very obvious elephant in the room. The other parent is not here. What that means is when we are solo parenting, we have to stay far, far away from words and phrases like... If you were here, it wouldn't be this way. My day is so hard, but if I had your help, you wouldn't understand because you aren't here. Those are obvious things, right? But saying them only serves to hurt the person that is away, who more likely than not doesn't even have a choice in being away from their family. They don't want to go, and they don't want to hear all these things because they don't want to be gone in the first place. And while we're so busy in the throes of solo parenting, it can be hard to see the other person's perspective. I can tell you from personal experience and real conversations that I've had time and time again with my husband that although we do have probably the hardest job as solo parents, it's also not easy for the parent that's away. They feel hopeless. They miss the kids. They miss you in most cases. So the question really is, how can we still make them feel involved even when they aren't physically there? Okay, so since we've done this for a while, I actually have quite a few ways that you can involve the other parent who is absent at the time. Um, first of all, you can send pictures, videos, letters if possible, as much as you can. I can promise you there can never be too many photos of your kids being adorable sent to the parent that doesn't get to experience those everyday moments. My husband lives on that. I will send him videos of my daughter like eating food and being silly, or even sometimes I'll send, send him videos of her being crazy and he's just like, wow, she's nuts. So it's nice to, to get them involved in the everyday that they get to miss. Another thing you can do kind of in that same, um, on that same thread is have the other parent send photos and videos to stay connected. Um, FaceTime is awesome, right? But sometimes connections don't always work or the places the other parent has traveled to don't allow for that. So a recorded video that can be played just for the kids does honestly just as well. My husband, for example, will record videos for my daughter and we will watch them on replay. It is the most adorable thing ever. She will watch the video. She'll talk to him. She'll be like, hi, Dada, you know, and he'll ask her questions, even though he can't listen to the response and she'll answer. And then as soon as the video is over, she clicks play again. It is adorable and she feels connected. Another thing you can do is you can have a virtual reading session where the other parent has a children's book with them and they read on camera to your kids. And I wrote an entire post um, for another blog called Homebound But Hopeful detailing step-by-step -step how to host a virtual reading session. So if you want to check out that link, make sure you go to the notes or whatever of this blog post. 
And then finally, the last way that you can keep the other parent involved is to let them help with key parenting decisions and make them feel involved in the process. While you may not want to call during every meltdown, which something that I used to do, and then I would feel terrible about it. (laughs) It can be helpful to still get feedback and follow through from the other parent. Honestly, it does wonders when my daughter is misbehaving and my husband gets on the phone with her and encourages her to make better choices and he feels like he got to help. So let them help when they can. Um, They might not be able to help in every situation, but getting the opportunity to feel like they're involved will help everybody feel a little more normal about what's going on. Okay, so number seven is seize the opportunity for one-on-one connection. Our family is really, really big into intentional family time. And that said, we spend massive amounts of time together when we're all home. And when my husband is away, I deeply miss that interconnection and all of our family being together for our special moments. It's a very obvious absence from our family. However, in the spirit of embracing the season of solo parenting and thriving in it, I have chosen to look at it as a gift, the opportunity for one-on-one connection with my daughter. So we've been doing girl time, we make inside jokes, we hug each other when we're sad that daddy is gone, and seriously guys, I think it was about two weeks ago, she held me when I was upset about my husband being gone, I was just feeling really sad and I just missed him and she said he'll be home soon mommy daddy will be home soon and she just stroked my face it was so wonderful and we really have been cultivating our relationship and it's kind of amazing so I miss the times when we're all together like crazy but since we don't have them now and since I can't have them now why not spend this time going deeper with my daughter just the two of us Okay, so I have four different ways you can connect with one-on-one with your kids while you're solo parenting. Again, this applies at any time, but think of it in this particular case. You can watch their favorite movie. By the way, no cell phones allowed. You have to be present. You can play a board game together. You can talk with them about missing your partner or the other parent. I mean, honestly, um, just having conversations with my daughter about missing my husband is kind of eye-opening to see how she deals with uh sadness just inherently and then showing her how i compose myself but also allow myself to let go and be free and be vulnerable it's been really wonderful doing that together um another really fun thing i like to do is just let let them stay up past their bedtime or have a slumber party in your room um unless you're me and your daughter sleeps in your room every night then maybe have them sleep in their own room to spice it up (laughs) okay so that was all about how to connect with your kids and how to to foster that one-on-one connection while you are solo parenting. Number eight, use this opportunity um, to spend time in the quiet of your own thoughts and work on self-improvement. We live in a world full of noise, and sometimes even our spouse or partner can contribute to that if we're not careful. While we may miss their company, the season of solo parenting really gives us the opportunity to dig deep into yourself and your own thoughts and your own self-improvement. For me personally, this happens after bedtime at night. If my husband were home, we'd do bedtime as family, and then he and I would connect after our daughter is asleep in her room. But when I am in a season of solo parenting, my nights are completely spent alone. Sometimes I watch my favorite TV shows I know he doesn't like to watch. Sometimes I sit in the bath for an hour and read a book. Other times I journal or plan for my business. I spend time alone just pouring into myself. Now, like I said, I might be an introvert, but I definitely miss my husband's company. When you're drained from solo parenting all day, those quiet moments alone are the exact opportunity you need to embrace, to work on yourself, or just be present and be alone and just get comfortable with yourself. 
Independence is really, really important. Okay, so the last tip and practical way I have for you to thrive during your seasons of solo parenting is something that is kind of cliche at this point now, but I'll tell you why it's so important. It's to give yourself grace and reassurance. I have to mention the idea that nothing will go perfectly every day when you're solo parenting, even if you apply every single one of these tips to the T. So think about it. Does everything go perfectly when you're not solo parenting? Of course not. When it's just you, remember to give yourself grace. Remember though, um, gosh, my friend Kendra of Mother Like a Boss, she recently said in a podcast episode, and this was an amazing episode, and she was talking all about not confusing grace with excuses. So grace isn't an excuse for doing poorly. It's just giving yourself a break when you need it. You may have to let go of some things while you're solo parenting. You may have to make your life easier by investing in things to help you or people to help you. You don't have 50 hands, 27 eyes, and 84 feet to do all the things alone. So I have a list of things that you can do to give yourself grace about when you are par- when you're solo parenting. Okay, so one thing you have to remember to give yourself grace about is being sad that you're doing it alone. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be emotional. Just give it time to work its way through you and then come back to acceptance about the season you're in. Another thing you can give yourself grace about is letting the housework slip up a little bit because you have little people to raise. And honestly, for example, I'm up here in my bedroom and I am recording this episode and I have a sink full of dishes. I might do them tonight. I might not do them. I don't know, but I keep my house clean. I'm comfortable with it and I'm doing a million things. Like it's going to be okay if the dishes don't get done one night. Number three, grab takeout every once in a while to make dinner easy and remove dishes from the nighttime routine. I do that at least once a week when I'm solo parenting because it just helps ease things a little bit. Number four, and this one is one that we probably don't want to admit that we need grace for, but it probably is very accurate, is getting frustrated with your kids more than you typically do. Just take a step back. Of course, you know, accept that this is going to happen, but just recenter and apologize if you hurt anyone's feelings. If you yelled at your kids and you didn't want to and you're not a yelling mom or yelling dad, take the time to say you're sorry and just explain to them that you are really, really tense and you're working on it and you are trying to thrive. And then finally, not knowing the right words to say to your child who is missing their parent. And I have to tell you, it's really, really hard to see your child in that kind of pain and just not knowing exactly what to say or how to comfort them. Give yourself grace for that because the truth is there's probably not a lot we can say or do. They want their other parent and that's okay. And unless you magically transform into their other parent, I don't know, maybe you have polyjuice potion and you are Harry Potter, um, you know, you're not going to be able to fix that. So, okay, well, this has been 30 minutes of encouragement. So I hope this was encouraging to you. And I hope that if you are in a season of solo parenting, that you don't try to do it alone and that you also apply some of the tips to help you thrive instead of just to survive and to earn, and to endure. Um, like I said somewhere in this episode, um, I created a 
a printable resource for you guys. It's 10 children's books to read when you're solo parenting. It's a printable list of books to help you encourage and support your children. I really think that this is helpful. Um, I looked through, you know, I know what all of the books are. I totally put my stamp of approval on them. One of them is specific to Marine Corps families, but all the other ones are super, super good. And even the Marine Corps one is a good one to have if you, I don't know, are into the service. But um, a very helpful resource to explain to your children kind of what's going on and also that their parent will return and that despite the distance, they are loved and it will help you thrive because you won't have to try to figure out how to navigate the explanation of of distance and, and stuff to a young child. It's hard to grasp it as an adult, so imagine it as a kid. Okay, you guys, I hope you feel encouraged. I hope you feel like you got this and that you feel equipped to to embrace and enjoy and thrive in the season of solo parenting that you might be in or the season that you are soon to be entering. I promise you, you will get through it. It will be wonderful. And of course, you'll be happy when you're no longer solo parenting, but you can still be happy when you are. And I want you to believe that. And I want you to wake up every morning and know that you can do it. This has been an episode from the Addison Reads audio blog. Be sure to head over to our website, addisonreads.com, to read the blog posts in full, download free resources, and join the Intentional Book Club. As always, happy reading.